Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Gary Stewart on the podcast, who is the founder of Octane Solutions UK. So Gary has been a financial advisor for over 10 years now, but more excitingly, has recently set up Octane Solutions. So Octane helped mortgage brokers to help their clients alleviate all the stress when it comes to moving home. A nice touch as well is the mortgage brokers can gain additional revenue through helping their clients, which we'll talk about shortly, because if you are looking for additional revenue streams as a mortgage broker, look, all business owners are looking for that extra revenue stream. Have a listen to Gary and reach out to him after this, after you've got there, hear what he's got to say. So I'm really interested to talk to Gary about why he set up Optane and how he feels being a financial advisor himself gives him an advantage when helping other clients. But before I welcome Gary on, um, I just wanted to talk about his work setup, which is really quite cool. I was speaking to him beforehand. Instead of having an actual office, he um, signs up to the Regis plan where he's got offices all over the world. So if you listen to this podcast and you're unsure whether to take an office or not and you don't want to sign into a lease, it sounds like a great idea. But anyway, enough about the offices. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Chris. It is a pleasure to be on. Thanks for the invite. It's mad. This is the first time we've actually spoken kind of face to face per se. We must have spoken for the last year over LinkedIn in the comments of everybody else's posts. Easily, easily. <laughs> it's been one of them, hasn't it? Everybody, everybody meets online on the last couple of years. And, and now we're really getting into speaking to people and meeting face to face as well. Quite literally. So you're in like a telephone pod at the minute, aren't you? Talk us through that before we Pretty get into it. made it sound extraterrestrial there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it basically is a telephone pod, yeah. Um, what I love about this and just kind of like bringing what you were saying before about the, the global paths that we've got. So we couldn't decide on a location to have an office space. We knew we wanted one. Mm-hmm. However, when it came down to it, uh, Regis slash Spaces, they're part of an international workplace group. They've got like seven different brands. So you can buy their global pass. It sounds like I'm doing an advert for them now. <laughs> and you can access any one of their 3,000 locations worldwide in their co-working space and go in and you can just book a desk for the day if you want. What the benefit of that is, it gets you out and about and it gets you commuting with other people, but also as well, the social interaction of like seeing other people. You can invite guests in as well to come and see you. So get all that freedom and flexibility with it. And obviously, if you want the kind of peace and quiet and privacy you can yeah jump into one of the telephone booths and no one can overhear your conversation because obviously that's very important as a financial advisor you go to go splashing all the data out there in front of everyone that that it must have been quite a big change because we'll get into octane but for you you must have spent so many years face to face or over the phone over zoom talking to people whereas now octane is a purely digital company that you don't you don't actually have to speak to people face to face anymore do you no, not at all. And when we started the original concept, it was based on seeing clients face to face as it was, you know, exactly the same principle as a mortgage advisor. It would be go out, see a client, review and assess their kind of financial arrangements. And this would be as part of the added value service. And yeah, we go and see clients face to face. And then lo and behold, the world got turned upside down and became digital. So we thought, why not embrace it and make it a permanent thing, really? Because don't ever see people going back to the old style, really. 
people doing things exactly what you're doing, like where you are today. Right. So before we get into Octane and tell everybody what it's about, give us a bit of a background of you, how you were a financial advisor, what you used to do. Oh, where do you want to start? This could go back, way back, <laughs> way back. Um, so I originally started out in mechanical engineering, of all things, actually. Uh, that's what right. I was qualified in. And I was working for oil and gas company. And it just kind of started to get irritating me at a certain point of working for a company and being berated for, you know, having five minutes longer in your lunch or coming in at five past nine instead of nine mm-hmm. and the whole kind of salary emphasis. And the role that I had was for the construction of oil rigs out in Korea, even though I was based in the UK, but I used to manage that side of it in the engineering side. And one of my friends actually approached me and headhunted me and he was like, he was like, mate, 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 I've got this amazing opportunity and I think you're really good at it. And he was like, just hear me out there. I was like, all right, all right, go on then. What is it? What have you got for me? And he went, it's a financial advisor trainee role. And I was like, you what? <laughs> I was like, you, you do know I work in oil and gas. It's nothing to do with financial services. And he went, no, 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 hear me out. And he's like, he's like, you sit there and you talk to clients day in, day out about negotiating rates for, you know, parts of oil rigs. You manage the construction. You bring things together. You connect services up. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you can do exactly the same thing in financial services, but just a different, basically, product. And I was like, okay, all right, you're bending me a little bit here. Go on. And then when he then came to the kind of the financial side of it and that I could be you know, self-employed, I could dictate my own hours, the earnings, I was like, that was like mind blown a little bit. And I was like, that is crazy. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I had to take a massive drop from what I was in as an engineer in, in oil and gas to go into a yeah. trainee financial advisor position. But it was one of those, I was young, you know, I was only 24 and me and my parents said to me, if not now, when? You know, you're going to look back in 20 years time and think, what if I'd have just taken that opportunity? What if I'd have just done that? So that was kind of my step into financial services. I mean, my God, it was a rocky one. And uh, God, CMAP training, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Really, was it? <laughs> Mate, first thing, that recruiter's phenomenal because he's just, he's seen exactly what you do. Because you, if you're sitting there face to face telling people how to negotiate, telling people how to match certain products with a solution, it's exactly what you're doing, but on a much more personal level and probably getting paid a lot better. Marcus Nansen, who I had on here, would have absolutely loved that bloke. Do you know what I mean? That's that's yeah. his kind of, he's a recruiter. And it's all about matching matching exactly what you do to becoming a mortgage broker or financial yeah. consultant, sorry. We used to do, do you know the Antonoff aircraft? Well, that's not in existence anymore because it's been blown up, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. And- the Antonoff aircraft is the largest cargo aircraft in the world. And we used to charter it for oil companies because you can imagine the size of oil rig equipment yeah. is huge. So if an oil rig needed it in downtime, they would have to charter a whole entire aircraft to get it out to Korea and otherwise, if they didn't do that, then the oil rig would be down. And that downtime cost way more than charting an entire aircraft. So you can imagine we had to negotiate the fuel, the transport, the actual plane itself, the logistics for moving the parts, the trucks, the lorries. So there's so many components that went in and about it. It was a really, really fun and diverse job. So to take me away from that was a real... Ooh. Well, glad you glad you did it, and that yeah. led you. So you find out you're obviously a very successful financial consultant, help people with their mortgages. Then you're doing Octane. So give us the outlay of Octane, what it does, how it helps people, how it helps brokers, and what you enjoy about doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So the kind of the strap line is we we enable 
mortgage advisors to increase the sale value of every single mortgage transaction whilst improving the quality of clients' lives. Mm -hmm. And the way that we do that is through the reduction of utilities, because the premise of why I created it in the first place was it comes down to, as a mortgage advisor, sitting down with the client and, you know, we service them for their mortgage, their life insurance, their buildings and contents, private medical, income protection, so on. Fantastic. So we do the mortgage, that's done and dusted. We get to the protection planning stage. A client will take life insurance off you day in, day out, because it's cheap as chips. Critical illness, they'll be like, oh, that's a little bit expensive, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Then you talk to them about the income protection side, and they're like, oh, bloody hell, mate, I'm not paying that, Christ. And you think... It's funny, your oh, Yorkshire accent came out then. I've not yeah, heard it, yet, but it just came out. <laughs> it will do on the odd occasion, yeah. Um, but you think, oh, come on, mate, you know, you're a self-employed builder, and you're the breadwinner of the household. If, if you slip off that roof, then your whole family's kulu'd. Yeah. And they say, oh, I just, I just can't afford it, mate. And you think, oh, it really irritate me because you look at the income and expenditure for the client and think, well, if you stop spending bloody £200 a month on Uber Eats and, you know, that £100 in a gym membership you're not using and also Greg's every other day that I can see on your bank statement here and you think, cost like 300 quid's worth of disposable income here if you just stop doing those things. Yeah. And I know that we have the analogy of, you know, a coffee a day or buy you life insurance, but realistically... Which client pays attention to that? Not many, really. Yeah. So when I actually thought about it, I thought, well, hang on a second, because I know it's not written in stone, but as mortgage advisors, you know, if a client's paying a thousand pounds a month for the mortgage, and we put them on a new two-year fix, and it's nine hundred pounds a month, fantastic. They've saved a hundred quid a month on the mortgage, and you say, well, hang on a second, let's be clever about this. Let's use that hundred pound saving and use it towards your income protection that you know you need. And nine times out of 10, a client will be like, oh, yeah, all right, go on then. Because they don't miss what they never had in the first place. So they were, they were quite comfortable with that. And then I thought, okay, so that worked great. What else could we potentially adopt that same model to within their income and expenditure? What else could we chop and change as a financial planner and move about? And when I actually looked at it collectively, energy, broadband, mobile, home insurance, and boiler cover those things combined together are actually the second largest outgoing of a property aside from your mortgage payment. So if you can reduce the utilities down, the savings that you make there, you can redistribute those into life insurance. Mm -hmm. So then the client gets better protected from life insurance. It reduces their expenditure down. They're not spending any more money and they're a hell of a lot more better protected. And it's much better for the broker as well because he's got a much more healthy suitability report for his client. Plus, let's be honest, he's netting more commission from selling more life insurance. Mm -hmm. So literally the only people that are losing out in the situation is just the old utility suppliers, which let's face it. They're making it nice now at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does that. I mean, the client doesn't have any loyalty to them anyway. So, I mean, when I started doing that on a one-to-one -one basis, clients were like, yeah, fine. Like if it's no hassle to me and you can just do it and it's fine, crack on with it. And that's, that's pretty much how it started really, just on a one-to-one -one basis. And then I thought, I need to scale this. This this is this is brilliant. And you started because we spoke a few weeks ago, didn't we? And you said you started speaking to brokers, and brokers were like, "So I don't, so they don't have to do anything, do they?" That's the beauty of it. You took it all off their hands. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Can you talk so us I... through the process of how that works. So I'm I'm sat here listening to it, like as a mortgage broker, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm not here on this podcast to promote anybody's service, but I'm listening to that thinking." Yeah, that seems that seems like a good thing to do. 
Yeah, so like the, the process side of it, this is where it kind of like starts to get really clever. So you can imagine all giddily and hastily, I went out and told all my mortgage broker mates, I was like, mate, you need to do this, this is amazing. And I got met with a little bit of a frosty reception because I didn't really think about it from a broker perspective that what I was effectively asking them to do was learn about gas, electric, phone line, broadband, mobile, home insurance and boiler cover, pitch it to the client, and then if anything goes wrong, I want them to resolve that as well. So they were like, oh, I love the idea. Just I don't have the time to do that. And I was like, bollocks. So what we've got really here is just a disconnect because it's really good for the client. It's really good for the broker. It's just that bit in the middle that, you know, we're a bit disconnected on. And I thought, well, hang on a second, because as brokers, we've got, you know, mortgage brain platform for the best mortgage. We've got a sure web platform for the best life insurance. We've got payment shield platform for the best builds and contents. But we don't actually have a platform as brokers for utilities. Mm-hmm. So cut a long story short, I set about my ways with a team of software developers and platform builders, and we built an entire platform to help brokers facilitate their clients with um, utilities. So essentially now, when I go and see a broker, I'll say to them, in order for you to help service your clients for utility reductions and to give you more affordability towards protection, all you have to do is introduce the idea to your client and then do a 60-second client data entry in our platform. You hit create client. That pings off as an automatic request to your client straight away via text and email. It says, hey, welcome to Octane. Please click on the link below. They can then get presented with a, a digital diary. They could book an appointment with one of our team members on our side. Mm-hmm. We do the full review with the client. So we'll go through all the utilities with them. So we'll say you pay an X for your broadband. We can do it for Y. You pay an X for your energy. We can do it for Y. And the same with all the services. Get to the end of it. And we've got a bespoke bundle of utilities. When we go through all those utilities, we take the time to explain what it all means because your average person doesn't know what megabytes per second mean. They don't know what kilowatts per hour mean. They just want fast, reliable broadband and they want the cheapest energy possible. They don't understand all the fundamentals that come behind it. So it's a little bit like a TED talk when we go through utilities that will actually explain what's going on in the world, what it means for them and what we can do for them. Because, you know, we use two analogies in our team, pizza and petrol. And the reason that we use those is, you know, we'll say for like broadband, for example, you can go to Pizza Express and you can order yourself 10 pizzas does it mean you need 10 pizzas? No. And it's the same with the broadband. Just because you can have 500 megabytes per second doesn't mean you need it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of customers we tend to find are overpaying for a service they don't even need. Very so we'll say to them, look, for what your requirements are, you don't need the top end package. Just because you can have it doesn't mean you should have it. Mm-hmm. So we can bring that down. And the same on the energy. You know, We've come across accounts before where they're sitting, and I kid you not, thousands of pounds in credit just because they've been overpaying every single month unbeknown to them so we'll say to them do you know you're actually sitting in two thousand pounds worth of credit and they went really so then we say yeah you can request that back from the supplier anytime you want or when we switch it it'll automatically come back into your bank so it's little things like that that we take the time to educate them because what i wanted to adopt when we created the process was the same principle as what a mortgage advisor does about the mortgage you know why do we go to a mortgage advisor about a mortgage because they're an expert about it. And that's exactly what we'll do about the utilities. We'll hold their hold the hand and guide them through each utility till we come to the end of it. We'll say, great, that's your total cost. You're happy with that? 
swimming, let's put it through. We process the order for them. All they have to do as a client is change a router when we send it to them, give us a gas and electric meter reading. All the cancellation, switching, changing, direct debits, we'll take care of all that in the background for them. So all they do is literally just kick back with a cup of tea and enjoy life. We'll do all the boring stuff in the background for them. And then once we've closed the client, we'll just then report back to the mortgage advisor via email saying, hey, congratulations, your client has signed up for X bundle and they've saved £759 a month. Sorry, a month. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> getting all their energy for free. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to rip myself off doing this now. Um, yes, we'll tell them the annual savings so that by the time the advisor comes to the protection planning stage of his you know, process, then when the client says to them, oh, I'd love that income protection policy of £50 a month, but I just can't afford it. Then the broken can say, ah, well, you've just saved £81 a month on utilities. Let's use that. And they go, oh, yeah, fair enough. Let's do that. So it's a That's nice swing back around if they need to use it. It's almost That's like what a, I was going to say. Is it, did the, does the mortgage broker know how much the yeah. client has saved because yeah it'd be, it'd be pointless otherwise wouldn't it because they they want to go well yeah it costs 80 quid but you have saved 80 quid so again it's similar to the the remortgage analogy well we've got you 100 quid off so exactly. that's really that's a really interesting way of doing it and and you've set up all the back end of it that's is yes. it all automatic it all goes out all automated in the background. So with the platform, it's broker facing as well. So all they have to do from their side is enter the client in. And once they've entered the client in, they get full tracking as well. So they can see their client through the whole process in our platform. Um, they can see the clients that have done nothing. They've opened it. They've canceled. They've switched, um, successfully gone forward with it. They can even see on a granular detail what bills they've uploaded as well, if they've done that. Okay. Um, we have a full text message facility built within the platform as well. So when we transact with a client, we'll usually text them as well, like 10 minutes before the appointment through the platform and say, hey, looking forward to seeing you in 10 minutes. You wouldn't believe the amount of clients that actually reply back to that text saying, oh, I'm just getting out of the car. I'm just opening the front door. I'm just in the supermarket. <laughs> um, and it's just a really good, nice little way of communication. I always just try and think, how easy would I like it to be? And what's my best method of communication? Well, it's always being kept informed and it's, you know, text message. It's always that way. But See, that's interesting you say text message because do you, do you follow Gary V on social? Do you have a look at his stuff? No, I don't. So Gary V, like he, he ran some of the biggest campaigns like for Pepsi and like the, I think it's Sun, Sun Pat or something, the, the, the peanut butter in America. And a few years ago, he did a campaign around text and he was saying that text is like was replacing email because we get WhatsApps now. The amount of time, I obviously haven't got any friends because they leave me, they don't leave me on, they leave me on the <laughs> tick and leave me. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes you'll read a WhatsApp and you'll be like, oh, it's another WhatsApp. You get a text now. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I've not had a text for a while. And you actually read the, normally it's Parcel Force or Uber Eats or something like that. So it's interesting you say about text because that could so easily be an email, couldn't it? That text. And that and is people wouldn't the exact read it. Yeah, and that is the exact reason that we did it. Um, you could probably count on one hand who you get texts from each day. Yeah. Whereas WhatsApps, like you've said, you know, most people probably get 50 to 100 WhatsApps a day. Yeah. Well, text messages, I mean, I think for me, the only people that text me is probably Domino's, Parcel Force, and Manan. I think that's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> one of my mates used text. I'm like, man, do you not use WhatsApp? <laughs> 
And then I'll just use text. I'm like, yeah, but if you're not on iPhone, I'll send you something like, if you send a photo that's not on iPhone, it charges charge about 50p. Yeah. Like, We're not in the 90s. Get on one. <laughs> Daylight robbery. <laughs> but I do, I do see what you mean. Text is an interesting form of marketing. That, to me, seems, seems like a, a really good service, to be fair. And we haven't spoken about this service because I wanted to you to talk to me about it on the podcast so I can get, like, a real reaction to what it is. But it seems really straightforward and have you got lots of people signing up to it at the minute yeah i mean like so i'll give you some stats as well so of clients introduced over to us we have a 76 percent success rate of having the actual appointment with the client and then of that 76 percent appointments that we have we convert 57 percent currently Wow. So we've got a very high conversion rate um, in terms of what we do. I think it's just because of the knowledge and expertise that we bring to the table. But that 57% conversion doesn't also include um, clients that are in kind of pipeline stage. And what we mean by that is, you know, we'll probably get you know a handful of first time buyers thrown over to us to get prices and you know understand yeah. what they might be going into. And then what we do is we just place their quote on hold. We say, right, when you're closer to knowing when you're moving into property, let us know. Because the beauty with those ones is we can place the order for utilities, i.e. energy broadband, up to 30 days in advance. Right. So when they do move in, the same week that they move in, they'll probably get the broadband installed, which, let's face it, it's one less nightmare to have to worry about. Yeah, exactly. And you must have had, it's a really topical topical thing at the minute with the, with the increases we've just seen 1st of April and the ones coming in October. It's something that's, I think you've just, you've hit it at the exact right time. And I don't think you ever foresaw things shooting up in price, but it's like, it's almost like the perfect storm, isn't it, for you guys? It is, yeah. I mean, I don't like to call it the perfect storm, but yeah. It, I know that phrase, it almost it feels like it's a negative connotation, doesn't it? But yeah. everything has happened at the right time that people want to save money and they want to save money on their bills because it's so expensive. I mean, I, I say this, you know, kind of jokingly aside, but we were supposed to launch our platform in January last year. So 2021. So we were actually 12 months delayed behind. I mean, I can't tell you how many, how much stress comes with building a tech platform, but I'll leave that for another conversation. Um, but yeah, you know, if I'd have said to you a year ago, oh, are you interested in saving, you know, 10, 20 pound on your energy? You'd be like, nah, not really. Whereas now, God, it's the forefront of everybody's mind at the minute yeah. because it's not going up 10, 20 quid. It's going up literally hundreds of pounds a month. Mm. And the bigger your house, the more magnified the problem is. And especially, you know, you think about older generation people that have got big houses, not on an income, they're just getting a pension. Well, they're literally turning the heating off, which is really, yeah. really depressing. It's a shame. I saw something kind of, um, I think it was Money Saving Experts or one of these Instagram accounts that gives all these, like, like a Martin Money Tips. And one of them was, if you are turning your heat, don't turn your heating down if it's affecting your mental health. If it's going to cost you a bit more, just do it because there are so many people that are turning it off. And and I always think back to like my grandma when she was alive, she was she was like turning the heating off because she was like, it's so expensive. And we're like, grandma, just put it on, just pay, we'll pay the money. Do you know what I mean? Pay the money for it. But it, it's that scarcity mindset, isn't it? Whereas you guys... Yeah change that you know just on saying that we are actually quite surprised how many clients that will come across that don't know about incentives or you know benefits that are available to them from the government like you know the warm home discount for example i think it's currently 140 pounds a year that you can get you don't have to be just an elderly pensioner to get that even if you're on some form of benefits 
you're still entitled to that payment. Whereas a lot of people don't realize that. So, you know, there's other forms of aid, et cetera, available to them that they just don't know about. That's because you're in it all day, every day. Yeah, so that, that's exactly why you do it. Right. So we've covered Octane, exactly what you do. And we've had a really good in-depth conversation into that. I wanted to touch a bit on the social media because your approach might be slightly different from mortgage brokers trying to generate leads. But sure. I just wanted to get into LinkedIn and how you generate leads on LinkedIn. And the first question I'm going to ask is how much time do you spend on LinkedIn every day at the minute? I'd probably say half an hour to an hour and a half a day. Every day consistently. Yeah. yeah. And what do you do? Because I've known of your name. I've seen you all over social. And so many of the mortgage brokers I speak to know who you are. How do you get your name out there on social? Because this applies to any business. Do you know what? I think a real pinnacle turning point of using social media was when I stopped treating it like a business page, for example. Right. Um, if you look at our socials, I say our socials, our LinkedIn page um, for our company, there's actually no posts on there at all whatsoever. Right. So you think, God, does this company even exist? You know, they've just got literally a landing page. It's all done through my personal brand. And, you know, I don't talk about business every single day. I might, you know, pepper the odd piece of business info here, but I just build it on me and like what I'm doing, what, you know, the highs, the lows, sometimes a glimpse and sometimes not so much. Mm -hmm. And I just think just, just be you, just be real. That's what people love, just the authenticity. I think it rings true with a lot of people that I've had on here that are very big on LinkedIn, like the likes of Kim McGinley, Matt Paul, Lee Rowland, um, like Lee Flanagan. They're all people that are themselves and there's no filter on there. They're just like, yeah. So say I picked out four posts from a time on your LinkedIn. First one was talking about syrup for pancakes. The second one was you doing a walking handstand. The third one was you with a map across London for business, like where you'd been and how long you'd spent. And then the fourth one was a photo of your dog asking for food. Like that just shows you out of four posts that I've picked out, you haven't talked about business at all. Yeah. How important is it still to, how do you speak to people about business? I think that's a better question. You know what? I think it just comes from engagement really. And it comes yeah. from really early stages conversations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, I mean, you, you probably noticed as well, it's, it's usually the same characters that are on LinkedIn posting content on a regular basis. So you'll get to see that person a lot anyway. And, you know, you'll start liking their stuff. You'll start commenting on it. You'll start, you know, knowing who they are as a person, a bit more personable. And then before you know it, you've probably got a DM chat going and you're chatting about this, that, and the other. Where have you been? What have you been up to? Oh, that looks really cool. That was quite funny what you posted. And then, and then it, 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 off the back of that, it comes, oh, mate what's it you do by the way or you know i've looked at your profile i never even knew you did that but it's not you know i've not slammed straight into your dm inbox without knowing you're saying hey buy my service buy my product yeah because we all hate those don't we i think like like you said you could talk a bit more about business and this is great because we understand what you do now and i understand what you're doing in very much depth but in terms of kind of people coming to you and this is it this would be really interesting to find your answer on this do people message you that have never interacted with you before? You know what? It's funny you should say that. That's just started to happen recently, actually. And I think that's through persistency and consistency of social media content. So in, I'd say in April, we've had two inbound leads to my personal page 
mm-hmm. asking about our products and service, saying, you know, I've seen your posts, I've seen what you've been posting. I've never spoken to that person before or ever seen their content before, but all of a sudden I'm getting inbound inquiries off the back of my posts. But I think that comes down to the community and other people liking my content, sharing my content, because I do the same with their content. So I'm reading, sorry, reaching a wider audience because of the community that I'm in. Yeah. And I think if you now, now you've got that base, you've got that audience, you've got that personality that everybody knows you as, I know you as the guy that will always chat in in comments. I know if I put a comment on something of yours, I'll get a response like that. And that might not stay forever because you get busier and busy. But I think now, if you now start pushing your business and the benefits, I think you'll get more and more people with those inbound leads. The reason I ask you that question is because what I want people to listening to this is, you've spent a long time, six to 12 months, consistently putting your name out there, but you're getting people that are co- that are messaging you as leads that have never interacted. And I liken it to billboards that if you've had a billboard, sorry, a town with a hundred billboards in it, that person of those hundred billboards might've seen 50 of your billboards. They'd never taken a selfie next to it. They'd never sent a photo of that billboard to their friends. They'd never talked about it at all. But when it comes to, I'm thinking of another revenue stream, you're the one they go to. And I just, I find social media so interesting for that because they almost, they've been stalking you in inverted commas without you knowing. And you've sold them. It's the what, sorry? The lurkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those are the ones that will come and do business with you, won't they? Yeah. I just love social for that. And if you follow and please listen to this, go and follow Gary on, on LinkedIn, especially he's all over it. You'll see him and it's genuine comments for me. It's not like, love this great job. <laughs> it, it's like, love this. What did you actually do last weekend whilst you were in Cumbria? Or do you know what I mean? It's something very yeah. personal. That's why I find it very easy to speak to people like you on LinkedIn and it will help the business grow. Anyway, right on to the strategy question of the podcast so this is really interesting and I'm, I'm looking forward to Gary's response on this because I know the backstory so we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland you've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection what would you do to start generating mortgage business yeah I'm laughing as you're saying it already just because this has happened to me and we're actually going to speak from experience when I say this so like we said like before the podcast I've got very mixed accent and mixed kind of location wise so I was born in northeast Yorkshire and raised there but also raised in Oxford and then part raised in Spain and then from Spain of all places to move to I moved to Aberdeen in north Scotland so <laughs> As a mortgage I didn't know it yeah and you know what even the more funny thing is Stuart my surname is a very Scottish name yeah and I'm also born on the Scottish patriotic day do I have oh. any connections to Scotland None, none whatsoever. <laughs> um, and so it's just really coincidental that you just brought this up. This is your you know, spotlight question. And so what did I do? I'm going to use this as an actual real life example of what I did do. Um, so when I moved to Scotland, that was to go into the oil and gas industry because, you know, I got thrown dollar bills in my face and told it was amazing to go and move there because you earn tons of money. Um, I literally moved there, didn't know anybody ended up moving into my best mate's nan's house of all places as a 18 year old and I had to go and get a job in a warehouse 
and god that was just such a life change because I didn't know anyone there I didn't have any friends there I didn't have family there I was just one one friend that I knew from Spain that had moved there as well he was from Scotland oh okay and yeah I just had to like socialize with him pick up his friends um kind of go out and meet people really mm-hmm. but like networking was the, the biggest one for me really um it was going to recruitment centers and they used to do like little mini networking events I found that really beneficial and useful um something that I did as well like even job wise is I actually printed off loads of my CV and I actually went and hand delivered it to companies Uh, other than looking at job adverts online um I thought well why why not just put myself out there really so I just went and posted as many copies of my CVs into receptions I didn't ask them if they were looking for people. I just said, hey, I've, I've got this CV here. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm open for, for business now. And uh, that, that that's how I got my first job. That could be a flyer for a mortgage business, couldn't it? Going around loads of different businesses. And it's interesting because you're really big on social and you've got a digital company. Yet the one thing that you've said there is you'd go out as a person. You've left the phone, the what, the the mobile phone, the internet, and the laptop behind. You're out there speaking face to face. Do you think that's become more important since COVID? Oh God, hundred percent. Mm. Um, I think the more personable you can be, the better, really. And you know, I thought about this before as a mortgage broker of like, how would I? Because I wanted to go and you know be part of estate agents, as probably a lot of brokers do, really. Mm. And I thought, what better way to do that than? I think I heard of this strategy from someone else years ago, actually. And it was finding the person or the owner of the business, going onto their LinkedIn profile or their social media, finding out what their likes, interests and hobbies are, and then either going to the business or sending them a small gift related to their interests and hobbies. You know, like if they're a golfer, you could send them like a, I don't know, a golf day or something to really incentivize them. And they're going to receive and think, my God, this this person must have, yeah, have learned about who I am and what I like. That's really interesting. It's not just a flyer through the door. So they've made it a personable approach. And obviously as well, if you went and hand delivered that, they can't just, you know, turn you away. They're going to say, oh, yeah, come in, come and have, come have a chat. That's interesting. That could be a good way to get into a local businesses because we people need to stand out to be different because as you said, a mortgage broker is we want to go and get leads from an estate agent, but I'll be honest, a lot of mortgage brokers are doing that. And the majority of estate agents will have people that give leads anyway. So interesting. And you've done it. That's the funny thing. That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what's the best way that people can get in contact with you? Definitely through my LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active through LinkedIn. So if you are thinking, if you want to speak to Gary about Octane and how how you can implement that into your business as an additional revenue stream, drop him a message. You'd be more than happy to have a chat with you. Otherwise, even if you're not looking to lose his services, get contact, connecting with him on LinkedIn. Really nice guy. And you're always up for a chat, aren't you? Absolutely. Even if someone wants just any advice on, you know, what I've done in the past or how they could improve their proposition, I'm always, you know, I spoke to a, an advisor the other day that has just CMAP qualified on how to enter the industry and what F-ups I made when I first started and what to avoid. And she was like, thank you so much. She's like, what do you want in return? I was like, nothing. I just, you know, just pay it forward, really. If I can advise you on my past experiences, why not? That is the measure of Gary. That's exactly, that's, <laughs> that's exactly you. You give that much information away for free. Go and connect with him. Have a look at his stuff. Anything else you want to chat about before we um, get onto the charity that you'd like to make a donation to? No, just saying I actually love your your content that you put out there. 
Awesome, thanks. This is uh, this has become a bit of like a <laughs> one of these uh, compliment sessions, hasn't it? But you know, <laughs> go and connect with him on social. Um, as a thank you, Gary, I'd like to make a ten pound donation to a charity of your choice for coming on. Which charity was it? Do Cancer Research UK, please. Cancer Research UK. Perfect. Gary, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And I hope people have got a lot of value, especially from the social media section on this one. It's not all about pitching. Get out there and get speaking to people. Cheers, mate. Thanks. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.